Hello and welcome to another episode, episode 33. My name is Ross. Mm. I'm Craig. It's time to put the kettle on because it's tea time. Uh, right. How's, how's it going? What are we up to? So um, it's uh, today is your day for your little topic, which can only mean that you're also starting the news. So this it is does. That you from last week, this is where you tell us how you've got a few items you're going to rattle through. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to say that again. Remember, <laughs> I was going to start. So, uh, so scientists, you know those guys. Uh, so they've gone ahead and they've created living robots. Now we did report on this a few weeks back because they've done this before. However, they have now upgraded those living robots to have memory and the ability to assemble themselves. Oh, remember we talked about this before, but there were British scientists who had self-assembling robots and we referred to Stargate and the enemy in the Stargate is the yes. replicators who destroys the entire universe. Yes. So, yeah, so we're doing that. We hadn't watched it. Yeah, we, we, we're doing that in real life. So. Oh, great. What can work Well, Xenobots. Um, these are the upgraded biological machines. If you remember, they were made from uh, frog cells. And they've basically taken frog cells. They've been able to put them together into tiny little machines, which can now assemble themselves and they can remember things and act in a swarm, which is quite frankly terrifying. I don't, do, do, now, is, that a, is that a frog thing? Do frogs act in swarms? I don't know if they do. No, I mean, this is just, yeah, this is oh. specifically frog cells too, which are swarming together. Yeah. But you can see how this can blow up to be, I mean, now they're self-assembling, so right. this is some exponential madness. Cool. I mean, not cool, but well, maybe. Mm. Well, actually, very cool news. Um, Fletcher's Waste, which is a small Sheffield-based waste management company, um, have unveiled what I frankly think is an amazing idea, is the world's first inflatable skip. Um, and they effectively announced this, which can be flat-packed, um, sent to the post to you, so you can fill the skip. And they can come and collect it. So I mean, it's one of those. It's one step up from a hippo bag, because that's just a bag that you unfold. This one we're going to blow up, and then we're going to put in what sharp objects. <laughs> uh, right. I'm not sure they thought this through, have they? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have thought it through. It's an absolutely fantastic idea, and it's it's one the company has taken great pride in announcing um, last week on April the first. So you can see where they're going with this. Mm -hmm. So to be honest, there's, there's a lot of April the first stuff that uh, could have easily tripped up news hunting this week. Have you maybe double check your news items? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, everything seems um, very normal from my end. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to, I wanted to give Fletcher's uh, waste management company out of Sheffield a bit of a shout out because. Uh, yeah, I've never heard that before. Inflatable skips, world's first. All right, amazing idea. I'm, I'm pleased because I I didn't know and I wasn't caught out. <laughs> cool. Uh, 
I'm not sure if you've seen recently, but there's been a bit of a poll, a Twitter poll specifically for should a Britain adopt a four day work in week? So this follows Spain's trial, which they're currently trialing, which we also talked about a few weeks back, um, of basically doing a four day working week, which is not, you know, 12 hour days, it's still 32 hours a week working, yeah. paid the same, just do less work because you are more productive with that type of work pattern. That's been trialed with 100,000 people in Spain. And it was asked by the Express, uh, should Britain do it next? So right now that poll has a few thousand respondents and it's sitting at around 60% saying, it's a brilliant idea, let's go. So what do you think, four day working week? Thing is, I've got some both ends. Obviously, got it from a. a I have been an employee at times, um, uh, but I've also got it from the employer's end of you know you want to get stuff done. Um, I'm not convinced that you can't get more done in 40 hours than you can get done in 32. Just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense uh, to me. I understand there's a whole kind of you know the wind down time, whatever, but. All that really means is that you're not productive for those times. So to make it any any worse, I don't think people are going to all of a sudden come in on for four days a week and then bang, it's nine o'clock, off I go or whatever it is. You don't have exactly the same sort of losses. So I don't think it's is going to be more productive. I don't think it's going to be better. I think it would be better for having for our sort of mental health and that sort of stuff, not having to work and having an extra day off. That makes sense, but. Uh, so I, I struggle to see how it catch on. I could see businesses being up for it if it meant that they um, don't have to pay you as much as in the, keep the hourly rate. I could see that working because then, you know, all the companies will basically just cut out the time that they don't need because that's normal and they'll be, they'll be all right with that. Overall, can't see it. Okay. Well, yeah, the studies so far do suggest that it's a good improvement. Um, people are typically are productive two hours a day anyway. So the idea is you are productive two and a half hours a day on those four days, it's basically the same. So that's what the trial is looking to determine. And we'll find out basically. So Spain, as we know, they like the type of siesta lifestyle. If they can prove it works and they can also reduce the numbers of the, the Spanish NHS, then hypothetically, they're saving the country money, which in turn saves, I don't know, maybe they'll reduce corporation tax in, in, in report. Who knows? There'll be benefits to the company as well. Also depends to some degree on what the job is as well. Because obviously in some cases, it's just a case of being there, ready to answer the phone, ready to answer whatever, emails. Hmm. Um, so unless the whole business closed down, which basically means that half the services that people want, are they not available? And then if you what you want if um if it's not the same days, you know, yeah. moment, you know, if things aren't open on a Sunday, we're all used to that. We, we can accept that to some degree. It's annoying. Imagine if it wasn't available on two days now or three days, we'll start getting you know there are lots of problems with that idea, other than the fact that we're <laughs> that I'm up for. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's four working days for individuals. So it doesn't, it can do wraparound. You know, a person could do Monday to Thursday, then someone could do Friday to Monday. You know, they can, they can do wraparound. You can have entire 24-7 covers if you wish. 
Yeah, but that's as just, long as you'll be the same day. It's not our business. It's small business anyway. It doesn't well as it big business maybe shop, but um, your, your little small grocery store, whatever is open. Whatever it's like, or not necessarily. Maybe a hairdresser's or something. Is a better example. It's open between certain hours, and if they're only going to work in four days, well, I don't need anyone. I'm not going to employ someone just for the fifth day. That's that's more headache. That's more payroll. That's more other stuff I have to do. So, as you can tell, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting it. Well, no, again, I'm, I like it. I just don't see how it's going to work. But okay, it always says about anything that requires change. So maybe I've just been one of them. Yeah, maybe. Very much a boomer mentality. But that's cool. We'll work see what the results say. Back to work. <laughs> yeah, stay in the same job forever. Why yeah. would you ever change? No, never, uh, never aspire to do anything other than whatever your parents did. Exactly. If you're not working in industry, you're a failure, son. Um, next up. So the UK is spending three billion pounds uh, yeah. completely overhauling its bus system. Right. So, this is another Boris Johnson thing. As we know, he likes to, you know, play with the bus, and yeah, he plans to invest three billion pounds in the bus services across England. That's not Wales, Scotland, Ireland. That's just England. Yeah. So we've always need some more money there. Uh, which is a rolling out of four thousand new British-built electric or hydrogen buses. That direct mix hasn't been defined yet, and who's actually building them hasn't been defined yet. Well, um, fingers crossed for a rival, because I've still got I was going to say, we, we can only hope it's them because they are British. So let's see what happens there. No, but, just, yeah, that's London IPO in, in recent history, I believe. Arrival. That bus company. But that's only because uh, Deliveroo absolutely smashed it and wrecked themselves. Yeah, um, before that happened, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, delivery was a bit of a failure, though, wasn't it? Oh, completely, yeah. Yeah, and next up, uh, Google Maps will soon suggest eco friendly routes by default. So, we also had a chat about this about uh, Google Maps being updated to send you past EV charging stations and give you a bit more eco friendly routes if you choose, but now they're doing it by default. So the app will now show you the route with the lowest carbon footprint, assuming it's roughly the same ETA. So it won't necessarily make the, the route slower or longer, as long as it's roughly the same, that percentage hasn't been defined, then yeah, it'll choose the lowest carbon footprint, not necessarily the fastest. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many people just literally follow those maps, which I imagine quite a lot of people do because people have ended up in rivers and they blamed Google Maps. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. you're still driving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're just preparing for autonomous driving, aren't they? Where they literally have to do nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good move by Google. I kind of I kind of like those simple, simple, small wins where that, that will, you know, it'll have an impact. But it's such a small thing to do. Yeah, I imagine loads of people just go, you know, navigate to, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it was an option to choose the carbon, the lowest carbon one, yeah, you're not going to do it. Okay, navigate, so by default makes sense. navigate to home via the most carbon-intensive route, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wish to kill at least three trees on my way home. Please yeah. make it so. 2.8 is not enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Next up, you stole that piece of news, but you didn't remove it from my news list, so I'll skip that one. Good progress. Um, when he says I, uh, I also kind of found the same news item. <laughs> I just didn't realize it. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, wireless brain computer interfaces. So again, proper sci-fi type of thing we would imagine being around for some time, but however, it has only now been tested successfully for the first time on humans. And this is wireless brain computers. We've had brain computer via wires for some time, mm -hmm. but not, not entirely wirelessly. So this is a big first. Um, high bandwidth wireless connected to um, people with disabilities effectively. Only a handful of participants were tested with the system and they were able to go home and wirelessly, you know, walk around their homes and control pointed display systems wirelessly just using thoughts alone, which is just pretty amazing to have that sort of, yeah. I mean, when you've got a wire on your head, it goes through a machine and it does something, I'm thinking, okay, but as soon as it's wireless, I don't know, it just feels, it takes you from, takes you from cool to magic. So that's now a thing. Wow. And yeah, like the, the current- Digest that one. So people can, they can now got enough data just by putting what electrodes near your head, wearing a hat or something, that you can yeah, now enough signals from your brain's activity to work out what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty hardcore. I mean, that's nuts. I'll 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 share a picture with you now, and you can snap it in later if you want to. But I mean, look at that guy. Very happy, but that that's that's deep in there. I think they're like crocodile clips. What's going on? <laughs> I, I feel that's in deep. I kind of feel that's been screwed in. So, wow, that's oh was, wow. So, it's, so I wouldn't say it's a. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's as simple as um. Yeah, he's wearing a hat. I think those are proper. They're they're in there. So how's that wireless? Yeah. So I'm saying so it's so so these are wired in, and then it's transmitting that wirelessly. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, that's yes. rubbish. <laughs> What did you think was happening? As in, they were just like thinking to something. I thought, yeah, like I thought got something close enough to the brain where it was managing to pick up. Oh, right. That would be cool. Because oh, I mean, yeah. If if that was true, then yeah, that absolutely. I mean, you must just chuck Neuralink in the bin. Like, why why well, put it in the brain? Well, now, what I was thinking was if they've managed to solve that one with a cap, in some ways that goes to show almost. <laughs> just how much extra data Neuralink are going to have by accessing it directly. Right. hole, shoved a machine in it, and then said, right, send that over there. Yes. Yeah, it's not as cool. It's not as cool, perhaps. But I, I would also be pretty terrified if it was a hat. If someone just put a hat in you when you're sleeping, it just reads your thoughts or something. Weird. Lock the door, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> why are you letting people put hats on you while you're sleeping? I mean, what is going on? I mean, just the fact someone could. Oh, but, I, I don't know. Put a cap on your waist and go, what's your pin number? And then you go, and you think it, because you're asleep and you can't help it. 4418. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you wouldn't even know what you'd be dreaming as far as you're concerned. But, uh, but that's kind of, that's neurolinking hacking as well, which is an entirely different subject. So you won't get deep into that, but for now, disabled patients 
yeah. have the ability to wirelessly connect to devices around their home without being encumbered by wires. Still a massive breakthrough, you know, to no longer have an ethernet cable going into your face to connect to a screen. You can now wander around. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Gotta start somewhere. Um, Gonna get perfection, already get better than we were yesterday. Yes. Uh, next up. So have you heard of Facebook's massive data leak? Uh, 533 million. Because I think million. you mentioned it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 533 million accounts have been leaked. So this isn't recent either. This, is, this happened in 2019, and they've been surfaced around the dark web since. So I have checked these records, see if I'm in it, and I'm not, which is good, because I deleted my Facebook account some time ago, and I'm glad to see I'm not part of that. However, should anyone want to check this, it's a website called um, haveibeenpwned.com. You can go and type your email address in or your phone number, because this link included your name, Personal stuff like details in your phone number, address, likes and interests, and some of them had email addresses. Not all of them, only about 3 million of them. So small in comparison to the other 530. Um, yeah, so type your phone number in is the, is the main way to see if you've been in that data breach. Cool. Probably worth doing that. And we trusted that we trust this site. We're not just giving our phone number to someone else. No, this is a legit site that has collected all the data leaks that have kind of happened in the last 10 years. We're good, guys. We will try to um, link in the description below. And I say try, based on whether or not I remember that. I'll add it for you. Right. Next up, we got robot guide dogs. More robots. So, yeah, this, this kind of felt like an obvious step forward where, I mean, we know Labradors are awesome and they're really cool guide dogs, but... Yeah, they're hard to train, takes years. So replacing those with a robot dog kind of makes sense, I suppose. But um, it doesn't obviously give you the same benefits of, you know, the physical, the mental benefits of having a, a Labrador. <laughs> so you don't, you don't get those things. But yeah, these um, small robotic dogs can help you in other ways, uh, primarily help you lead you through uh, certain types of obstacles and narrow passageways that dogs themselves may have trouble with. I'm not exactly sure what they meant by that. I don't know the full thesis has been released, but it's been released by University of California, Berkeley. So not far from um, the Boston Dynamic guys. Yeah. And the dog they developed is very similar to the one that the Boston Dynamics have. imagine what pathway I would want to walk down where a dog would struggle. Not sure. I mean, no, I can't think of anyone. I can't. What? What can't? Where are you walking? A dog doesn't even want to go there. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So you wouldn't go if you're blind. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> so basically, if the dog says, "I'm not going to walk down that crack alley," that's that's fine. And the <laughs> robot goes, "Nope, <laughs> crack alley. Here we go." <laughs> yeah, it smells funny down here. Trust me, you don't want to go down there. Oh God, I have to replace you with a robot. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, beep, beep, boop, boop. Watch out, crackhead. Here we come. Oh, dear. So, yeah, robot guide dogs. Maybe, maybe they're like an introductory sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if you, if you ever buy into Labradors, we got robots now. And that's all I have. So, over to you. Oh, okay. On that note. 
Um, right. Okay. So the first one I have for you, Craig, is guess what? It's about scientists. They've done it again. They've done something weird. You already know about it because you're oh, in school. But scientists. Scientists, yes. They have found an alternative to the old polluting plastic. They have managed to make something which is derived from fish waste. Now, when I first read that, I thought you went, what, fish poo? No, not fish poo. Um, the leftover bits when they kind of like skin it or whatever and they give us the nice fillet, that stuff, the, the, the leftover bits is the fish with the bits that they then throw away, the bits we don't want to eat. Um, well, so what they've done is they've basically figured out a way of converting that, the fish oil, uh, into a polyurethane-like polymer, which I know you know what I mean. Um, and if you want to know how they've done it, in case you want to do it at home, uh, is they first added oxygen to the oil in a controlled way to form epoxides, which is similar to epoxy resin. Um, so that's what they've done. But basically, the, the end result is a plastic which is biodegradable um, in a sort of much easier fashion. So they've they did tests with it where they just sort of dunked it in normal water. And even after like a period of time, little microbes and stuff were starting to grow on the on the edge of the plastic. So that means <laughs> biodegradable. Um uh, well, it's gonna be I think it's a dark image then. <laughs> I mean, obviously the reason why we're doing this, have biodegradable plastic, is because they end up in the sea and they end up choking fish. But just this the the dark thinking of yeah, now a fish could literally be end up in a bag. It's because oh, this smells like dad. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. <laughs> I did comment on the smell. Um, the smell. Yeah. In in the first stage, you can still just about smell that it is fish, but after step three or four, you can't. But you know, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure the fish will. I'm sure the fish will. <laughs> yeah, the fish will go. They'd be absolutely horrified. Dad. I mean. They, they won't die, but they'd be horrified. <laughs> oh, dear. If you've got any vegetarians watching or any vegans, I do apologise. Um, they've probably just switched off. <laughs> uh, right, next bit of news. Um, nice little, a little, um, a little uh, thumb up, really, for, for, the old, for the old Britain, so that's where we're from. Um, our electricity system recorded its greenest ever day over the Easter bank holiday. Mm. Um, so we managed to generate from solar and wind turbines 60% of all electricity while we're having our Easter Monday lunch, I believe. Um, now, the last record was um, in terms of the amount of carbon dioxide produced um, was 46 grams, I think that says. Uh, but that was 24th of May last year. Uh, so we smashed it, absolutely destroyed it with a new number of <laughs> 39. Not that big. Um, but it is, is, yeah, it's the lowest one ever recorded. Um, the other 16% um, of the electricity came from nuclear, um, uh, which means that nearly 80% of the grid on that day was completely renewable. Not fossil fuels. Oh. Anyway. 
not fossil. Low carbon. Low carbon, that's right. That's all right. Low carbon sources. <laughs> um, that's, well, that, that's pretty cool because we had a really weird weather over the Easter bank holiday. We had a really lovely day, which is the start of summer. Yeah. And in Wales, it snowed yesterday. So it, we went from. It snowed here. Well, and I mean, it was like 21 degrees on Saturday or something. Yeah. And now, like yesterday, it's Tuesday, it, it snowed. Yeah, we had like haily sleet stuff. Technically, it was like it looked like hail, but it felt like snow. It was a bit weird. So I think they call sleet, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, as in like little balls of little ice balls were bouncing around on the floor, but you went outside and it didn't hurt. So it was like how you describe that. Mm. But yeah. Um I like this one. It makes me smile. I'm going, to, I'm going to read a bit of it. It says, in the week that the UK government grudgingly awarded a minuscule grant to hydrogen fuel cell research, Stellantis, which is the name of the massive conglomerate of Peugeot, Citroen, Opel, and I believe they've joined because they're all dying. Um, so it was the only way they could survive. But um, uh, yeah, so um, what was I trying to say? <laughs> Uh, right, yeah, so they, they gave the grant to hydrogen fuel cell research Stellantis, a giant European and American car making group, um, and they've revealed a full production fuel cell van, which will go on sale in Europe and in the UK later this year. Um, they're also investigating using a similar hybridized fuel cell system in the passenger car, to put into production in the <clears throat> near future. Um, Carla Gohin, who's Stanantis's senior vice president of research and innovation, is quoted to have said, this is the moment. Powerful words. Um, and um, we are not talking prototypes. These will be real vehicles for real customers and we'll be answering specific needs of commercial operators. We are currently looking at ramping up the project, and it makes sense to look at fitting the next generation into passenger cars, which will be the next step. Right. So there, Stellantis, big conglomerate, probably who used to make, well, who currently make fuel cell, normal, not fuel cell, sorry, normal fuel cars, uh, have all joined together to make Stellantis. Stellantis are going big on hydrogen, no bloody surprise, um, because it allows them to carry on basically making the same sort of car. This article is um, from Telegraph. Likes to point out that France has 25 hydrogen filling stations. Germany has 90 filling stations. And the US UK only has a measly 12. So according to them, this will be an embarrassment for the UK government which has claimed that hydrogen is only suitable for marine, heavy commercial, and rail technology. So I wanted to give the UK a bit of a round of applause for not being a moron and following what they're doing. That's, uh, that's pretty ballsy. That's good. It's good. Only suitable for marine, heavy commercial, and rail. So I think buses probably come under the heavy commercial. Um, that's okay. Yeah. But yes, basically the UK have said hydrogen for cars, 
don't be ridiculous. We're not going to put too much money into that. And they think it's embarrassment. I think is it around. The EU are going to be embarrassed when they realise that they've been mugged by a bunch of car companies who couldn't work out how to make an electric car. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too impressed, to be honest. Like when they say we, we're not talking prototypes. Well, yeah, I kind of hope not. You don't go exactly long to like stop, stop doing diesel and petrol. I mean, no. Like what, what you guys been doing up until now? It's like, oh, we should finally start doing this thing. I mean, the hydrogen fuel cells was invented over 150 years ago. Like, where they been? Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't understand what their, well, their, their business acumen is is struggling because you know, you've lost, you often get first to the market advantage. So at the moment, battery cars have a first to market advantage. So they're going to come up with some new cars which don't have the infrastructure, and they're going to try and win as the second person for a technology which is not ideally suited for cars. I mean, battery has its problems. There are still issues with batteries, but those problems are being solved. And it wants, if they are solved, hydrogen will look ridiculously dumb. Yeah. And every time we've talked about hydrogen, the main concepts of it's super dangerous, it's very hard to transport, very hard to build a fueling station with hydrogen in the first place. Makes sense why UK only has 12, because your typical electric vehicle could probably get from you know east to west in the UK on one charge. I mean, even a leaf could get almost that way. Yeah. So I mean, a Tesla can get get Scotland and back. That's the UK done. So makes sense why we don't have that much because yeah, it's it's just irrelevant. Well yeah, but also we don't because we don't have the car manufacturers like the people that make up Stellantis. There isn't as many, probably there's not as much lobbyists pushing for hydrogen because we don't really need it. No. Even even though the UK did invent the hydrogen cell fuel fuel cell. And and well done then, but that's, there's a, we still think there's a good use for it, just not in individual people's cars. When you charge it in your house, which has become, you know, well, wait, become it is. The epicenter of everything that we have. So the idea that you could charge your car at your house makes the most sense. Yeah, disappointing, um, but they'll stay in Germany, hopefully. As you mentioned my car, I don't really did it on purpose. You may have read my article. I don't know, you'd be clever there, but um, I found out something today, literally about two hours ago, um, that there is a company in the UK, and I can't remember the type, name off the top of my head, but I will put it in the, in the, in the description below, um, who are uh, making a bit of a, a business out of upgrading Nissan Leaf's first generation. Um, and what they're doing is they're taking the, so the, the first generation of what I've got is 24 kilowatts. 24 kilowatts will get you, if you're incredibly smart with the driving, about 90 miles. I have I've seen the I've seen the number a hundred appear on my mileometer once. I think um, it's not easy to do. It takes some sort of magical skills to, to pull it off. So typically, people think it's about a, somewhere between a sixty and seventy mile car, which is fair, especially on dual carriageways. Um, what they're doing is they are swapping out twenty four kilowatt batteries 
for 40 kilowatt batteries. Now the actual battery itself is exactly the same size, it's just improvements in the technology. Um, mm -hmm. And the only thing they need to complicate a bit is the software, actually. Um, they can still plug it in and make it all do the same things, but they have to basically explain to the car that it now has 40 kilowatts. And that requires some communication between the battery and the battery management system of the car. And so they need special software that sort of does handles that bit for them. And they import that stuff from Poland. Um, why that isn't just a you know, program you can run. I think Holland's been clever there, but still. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, 24 kilowatts to, to a 40 kilowatt. That will, that's basically, that's more than doubling my range. And I'm now looking at somewhere up to a, around 150 miles of range, which for me would be a massive change because <laughs> uh, I, I, there isn't many, well, I mean, my trips to you, for example, I probably could cover within 150 miles, I think, or at least close. I might only have to charge. Yeah, in, in the whole I think you could, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not talking a massive distance there either. So, no, yeah, I, I think I think you are about 120 miles away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, normally I, I can just about charge once on the way there, but it's, you know, slightly panicky most of the journey um so yeah this would make it so that i could get to yours charge there and then get all the way back no problem so it, it, for me it'd be an absolute game changer it generally would um and they're doing it and they're doing it in the uk it's somewhere in the south um does anybody did you look them up did you see you were trying to find them in? is that what you were doing um nope. eight and a half thousand eight and a half thousand which considering the car was only like 14 to start with um is quite a lot but hmm. just you know fixing the battery back to brand new it's you know he's actually doubling the thing so it kind of kind of may, may be worth it um and you get to keep the old one which is cool because is, is that can you sell that um well obviously the people that take them in are because what happens is you're battery degrades over, over time. So by the time you're taking it in, it's got maybe 60% of its original capacity. But you remember I was talking about last week, talking about boat. Ah, yeah, of course. You could upgrade the car, keep the battery, shove that in the boat. Thanks very much. Then I have to speak to Holland guys to get some software, but you know, it's all coming together, Craig. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's our bit of news. Um, and then my final bit is just to update you on what's happening with um, Starship. Um, so uh, Starship, uh, as I reported last week, I think, um, number 11, uh, as they say, successfully landed everywhere. Um, so now they've skipped 12, 13, 14. We're now on 15. And Number 15 should be ready to fly on Monday. Um, so hopefully our first day out of lockdown will mark the first day that they managed to land the Starship rocket on the pad. So, and the whole uh, flip thing. Yes, the whole flip thing and the landing thing, because we've not actually got to that far yet. We've never actually tested the landing legs yet because every time we go test it, we usually smack them into the ground at high speed. 
So that's coming on Monday, and we have a backup in case the weather isn't good. The backup is already booked for Tuesday. So something to look forward to next week. Nice. I mean, these they're, they're going for it at the moment. Like, what's, what's, what's been the change recently where they're just constantly testing? Or oh, they've always done this, but maybe have been aware of it. Um, yeah, I, th I think they have they have all been tested because of the fact that we're on 15 already. Well, okay, they have skipped three, but the fact that we got we were only on eight, like it seems like a few weeks ago. Um, so they are they're just they've always been doing rapid, it's just that they're getting they're getting faster, basically. Mm. But I don't think they fundamentally change anything other than they're just rolling them out quicker because they can. That's what Tesla do, really. They just get better at building things. Well, not Tesla. Uh, which, you know, is very soothing for the mind. Anyway, what's your topic? Ah, yeah, good uh, good segue. Um, so today's topic is all about meditation. So this is a more of a personal topic. I won't go into much depth, really. Um, so I've... This is more of a... My take on meditation a year on. So meditation is one of those things I've attempted to try and start, you know, every so often for a long time. And it's very hard to get into. So it's been multiple times I've started, I've given up, start again some other time, given up. But this time I did it for an entire year. Wow. Which is, um, which is good. And obviously we've been in lockdown for the last year. So, if anything, quite aptly timed. Yes. So, what is meditation? Um, so, there are nine common types of meditation, but the one I've experienced and we'll discuss today is mindful meditation. So, I'm sure you've all heard of mindfulness and yes. all that type of stuff. And the whole idea is that you are just paying more attention to the present moment, um, to your own thoughts, feelings, and the world around you, effectively. Um, and it's, it's a good practice to improve a few things, which we'll get on to. And it's already been praised by Mark Williams, who is the director of the Oxford Mindfulness Center, as effectively the best way to improve your mental well-being. And if you do have mental well-being issues, mindfulness meditation might be your answer. So being present of the moment itself, um, it's other advantages too. And the idea is that you just enjoy um, the present moment. So just get out to the past, the future, worry about the present. Everything now is happening. Simple things like when you walk upstairs, uh, you hold the banister, you feel the banister. Like that's something we automatically do. We just hold it, we, you know, we don't care, it's a thing. Yeah. But just actually be present, mindful of that banister and really sense it, which, you know, makes us really kind of think differently when you think to that degree. So if we can stand back and witness our thoughts, um, start seeing the patterns, uh, gradually we train ourselves to mo notice more and more details. And we also realize when our thoughts take over so I know you have this problem because I have it too, where you can't, you can't shut your mind off. Mm -hmm. Like if you try and sit down for 10 minutes with silence, yeah, you'll have a thought 
every five, 10 seconds, probably. And yeah. they're going to happen. Unless I go to sleep. There's the only way I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to keep on coming in. Um, I mean, like, for example, I know people like uh, deal with anxious uh, environments. So their, their thoughts that might be popping in mind might be anxiety laden. So they might also have emotional responses to those, which again are more troubling, more taking you out of the moment, perhaps. But um, yeah, mindfulness is a good way to attempt to not control, but not be distracted by that type of ongoing thing. So it's a recommended um, practice in most mental health places, especially in the UK. So I've got some NHS links at the end to have a look at. Um, but it's typically, if you have a bout of depression, um, more than three specifically, then mindfulness meditation is prescribed to you as one of the best ways to rid yourself of those feelings, relax, be present in the moment, and yeah, start enjoying the world around you. So benefits itself. So there are three key benefits. One of them, it improves well-being, as I mentioned. And this is just effectively your capacity for mindfulness. And it kind of changes your attitude to start being satisfied by your life and being satisfied by the present moment. That what you have now is, I mean, your, your life is the best it could ever get. So enjoy it. <laughs> All those type of um, things we've always heard. Um, but yeah, being mindful makes it easier to savor those moments and realize that today, this second, this very now is, is great. So take pleasure in that, take pleasure in life. And then you become fully engaged in activities you do, they become purposeful. You create greater capacity to deal with adverse events too. So if something bad happens to you, you can start realizing that it's a now thing, it's, it's okay, I'm here, I'm present. Very hard, I think, to sort of um, stay things that way. But the more you do it, the more you practice effectively, and the easier it becomes. So, well-being-wise, how would you how would you say you you factor up on a scale of one to ten? Like what you're making me think of was um, uh, more recently. I'm so I'm aware of the fact that I'm not very good. Um, with certain types of noise, like, or random mm. noise. And I've become more aware of the fact that that bothers me and it stresses me out when I'm in a, an environment where it's very noisy or something and I, and I just basically want to go somewhere else. I want to, I want to go somewhere quieter. Um, you know, it's not like I need to do that immediately, but after, it's after a while, I feel like I need quiet. Um, but the problem is, but becoming aware of that in some ways, it feels like it, it becomes more of a problem quicker mm. because I'm going to go. I'm I'm assuming I immediately go. Ah, I'm doing that thing again, where I feel a bit stressed because of the noise. Um, so in some ways, it's made it worse. So being mindful, maybe less tolerant to what's happening, and more wanting to go and you know appreciate the feel of the banister on my damn own. <laughs> Fair enough. So I don't know what you make of that, but um... so I suppose 
Um, we, we'll get onto it later on, but guided mindful meditation might be a good answer for you. The idea of being guided through the principles of it's okay to be distracted by a noise. It's okay to be distracted by your thoughts. Those things are going to happen. You can't control that. You can't turn that off. Mm. But you can almost like see the noise go past and just, you can just waver it if you want to. You can oh, yeah, actually that level of zen. What 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 does give me the zen is I, I just get headphones, whatever, and I put certain types of music on or whatever, and I can go from feeling like ah to this like I, I look around, the world seems beautiful again, and it's that much of, a, of an impact just by going. Ah. <laughs> it's like that feeling. It's like that you know when you open a the can of coke and it goes literally goes out. I go out. Relieve the pressure. Anyway, sorry. Nice. Yeah, so what would you what would you rate your well-being on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the uh, best, one being super low. Uh I'm not sure I'm educated enough to know the answer to the question. I feel generally speaking like I am uh, mentally like I'm I look after my mental well-being, yes. As in I do take myself yeah. to um uh, I am generally aware of what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. Um, so yes, I think mindfulness. I'm not bad at naturally. I haven't done anything like pretty last time. <laughs> I, I I agree. Yeah, I would say you're fairly high naturally, and yeah, we'll come to me a bit later on. But yeah, similar sort of thing. Um, next benefit: it improves physical health. So mindfulness can help you reduce stress, which is as we've discussed in a previous episode on sleep, a very big one. Um, can also help treat heart disease, lower your blood pressure, reduce chronic pain, uh, improve sleep as well, which is good, and also alleviates uh, gastrointestinal difficulties. So, for example, if you need to go, maybe taking 10 minutes out to do a bit of mindful meditation is all you need to, you know, let it flow. So, physical health wise, uh, some good stuff there. Again, this, you know, if you have any of those issues, perhaps this could be prescribed to you by a GP, for example. I know that that's a thing that's now being prescribed. It's mainly for mental health, but that's that's the next thing. It also improves mental health. So it's kind of an important element um, in the treatment of quite a few things, as I mentioned, uh, depression, substance abuse. So when you go to uh, those type of like, um, groups where they talk about certain substance abuses, mindful meditation is a way to um, think past those, think past those cravings, those thoughts. Um, same goes for eating disorders, um, couples conflicts, anxiety disorders, and obsessive compulsive disorders. A lot of those things could be taken back under control of being mindful of your actions, your thoughts, your present moment. <clears throat> It's all quite good because, yeah, it's not necessarily the Buddhist Zen type meditation. This is a slightly different flavor of mindfulness, which is completely accepted um, as a legitimate medical practice. So these have um, a lot of benefits that have been studied and shown. What made you want to do this in the first place? Because I, I've always thought of you as being very relaxed 
As in, I remember mm. from our old work days, there was a particular employee who used to stress many people out, but you were always fine with them. Um, and so what made you feel the need to want to do this in the first place? If you can answer that question without, you know, delving full person. I'm on a sofa already, so I can just do that and it's okay. And I can just tell you all my problems, but you are, you know, on a stand-up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I don't have those problems that would typically be associated with someone who needs to meditate. I, I don't feel like I need to do it. I'll get on what I've learned from last year, but ultimately, it was one of those things I've always wanted to conquer. I, for mean? me, patience. Patience is a weakness I have. Yeah. So sitting down for 10 minutes is something I couldn't crack. And it, quite to be honest, it pissed me off. So I wanted to crack it. So this year was a good year to do it. So um, I'll talk a little bit later on how I actually met it itself, but I typically do it the first thing I get up in the morning. So I get up about 5 a.m. ish at the moment, and it's the first thing I do. So I, I have peace, basically. There's no one else around. Um, I can hear some birds, maybe. The sun is starting to come up. It was a really nice time to just relax. Okay, so you so, you wanted it because of, the, because of that fact that your brain doesn't stop. You wanted exactly. it. Better. I wanted to try and get some control internally in order to, yeah relax but yeah in the external world i i generally do feel relaxed there's not a lot of external stuff that can happen around me that would stress me probably like even simple things like there was a power cut recently and like i was i was ready to you know score time let's get the backup back the forest is calling i was excited right okay <laughs> Because you, you never know which way this, this is going to go. Um, that's, kind of, that's the main thing that really upset me for the pandemic because, ah, it's a poor apocalypse. Could it be something cool like zombies or something? So it's a shame. It's a shame <laughs> that it's all been a nice time. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm generally relaxed. So meditation for me was a way to conquer my patience, which is exactly the same reason why I took up chess, because I also wanted to conquer my patience. That's one of my weaknesses. And I'm a weird type of person who has my weaknesses post noted to my monitor. There's four of them left and I'm trying to work through them. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, okay. Too my, deep. My act for this evening is going to be the right mind down now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why if I came across awkward because uh, one of my weaknesses is emotional availability, but we'll get to that in another point. <laughs> um, so apps, applications on your phone um, are typically a good way to meditate and there are so many of them. So you have some apps like um, it's called Calm that literally pays you music, you know, sounds of the forest or just relaxing music. Just chill out um not necessarily to be mindful but just just to stop and just be in that moment relax um you have other ones which play relaxing music like zen tranquility that type of really like you know ding ding yeah repetitive, that type of stuff. repetitive sounds maybe 
Dat was ja. ding, ding, maar dance the doorbell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's quite, it's quite cool. It's something like you know the Buddhist thing of like you know hitting the little symbol with a bit of running water in the background, going yeah, down like one of those little more calming little things. Is ding, ding. It just makes me feel like something. Someone's you know literally ringing the bell, going, "Oi, come on, ding, ding, come on, <laughs> oh, get on it, butter." And um, yeah, the other type there would be spoken guided meditation. So. See, that's the one I found to be the best, which is weird because I also didn't think I'd like them. Mm -hmm. I thought I would get, I'm going to get really annoyed by this guy mm -hmm. talking to me. Yeah. And so I tried the relaxing music. I tried calm. And I, I tried a couple of weeks and I was like, mm, it's okay. I got, I got past my free trial and wanted me to, you know, give some money. And I was like, mm, I don't care that much. Yeah. So scrap that. Did some of the Zen Tranquility stuff, which is effectively my Google like music account playing some Zen Tranquility music while I just chilled out for 10 minutes. You know, I didn't go, I didn't go all in and like like candles or anything because um we were in lockdown and I couldn't buy any. But guided meditation, spoken guided meditation was something I have stuck to for last year, which has been really good. So the specific app I used was called Waking Up by Sam Harris. So okay. Sam Harris is a neuroscientist or a neurobiologist or how you want to call it. Um, he studies the brain and mindful meditation is something he's kind of delved in and that's mainly where his research has been. Okay. So he has an app called Waking Up, uh, which is available obviously on all devices. And it gives you a daily uh, meditation um, recorded spoken meditation, which you can just go ahead and use. Is it the same one? Nope, different every single day. Oh, okay. You mix a brand new one every single day. How does he do that? It's, it's actually him as well. It's his voice. It's got quite a cool, chilling voice. Right. Yeah, so the app itself, so as I said, I've used it for an entire year. Um, not every day. Um, it's recommended to use every day, but I've typically used it about four times a week on average. Um, I typically do Monday to Thursday, I do what's called my morning ritual. And that's where I do meditation. I take Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays off. Um, I've so far totaled up 96 mindful days of where I've done this, uh, 1.2 thousand mindful minutes, and I've done 133 sessions. So over the course of the year, I was pretty poor at the beginning, but the last six months have been quite routined. So I've done about, yeah, about a third of a year, like 100%. Yeah. But overall, um, I've mostly enjoyed it. And I still continue to use it today, a year in. And these have been... I, I, I think I had Headscape. I used that. Mm. Some raining sound and everything yeah. else I paid for, so I didn't do it. Um, but I usually did that going to sleep. I admit I haven't tried anything to wake me up. I mean, yeah, literally the first thing I got, I use 10 minutes. Um, I'll send I'll send you a free trial of this. I, I can send you a month for free. Yes. Have, have a play with it. That's why we do these videos. So I get a free trial once every so often. I'll also tell something else that's amazing that this happened in a second. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, as 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 I said, I, so I do I do ten minute sessions in the morning. Uh, for me, that's between five and ten past five. Um, I sit on my like setting thing number there. I just chill out, sit down. It's on my phone. I don't use headphones. I just let it play. Um, it's Sam's voice, which is every single day. Is um, they're very similar, so that kind of makes it easier, perhaps. But it typically guides you through an eyes closed, focus on your breathing um, type of exercise. However, it does kind of throw some curveballs in now and then. Uh, there's one I did a couple of weeks back, which was again just trying to force you to be a bit more mindful of your thoughts. It's wait until you think of something, and as soon as I said, you think of something, then follow that thought. Where does it go? Where did it come from? Follow it. And the oh, idea of trying to... Zombies are coming! <laughs> yeah. But, then, but trying to follow a thought? Yes, yeah, it's, it's obviously it's impossible. You yeah. can't really see it. And then you start then, it goes deeper. It's okay. Uh, try and find a thinker. Where are you thinking from? Like if you just try and trace back when you thought right now, like where do you think? Where in your head is it? Okay. Is it in your head? Like, where is it? So if you like sat down and tried to figure out where you're thinking from, it, it kind of puts you into sort of like a weird sort of, you know, weird sort of feeling. And it kind of goes a bit deeper then of, um, okay, imagine you didn't have a head. So how do you know you've got a head? Like you have full, like there's no bezel on your eyes. Everything is 100% clear. Mm. How do you know you've got a head? So imagine having no head and seeing the world as it is. Everything would look exactly the same. There's, there's no difference. So stuff like that. Mm. I think he, like, he likes to mess with you sometimes. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but ultimately, it's eyes closed. You know, breathe in slowly through your nose, breathe out slowly through your mouth. Do that five times and follow your breath. So breathe in, follow it all the way down to your stomach. And then back up again. Stuff like that, just to relax you. There's no music, there's no sounds, it's just his voice. Then you back to sleep again. Because I mean, just listening oh. to me, making me go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe don't meditate at uh, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? <sighs> yeah. Um, but the general the general idea is that it encourages you to you, know, you don't need to stop thinking. So that that was the thing when I when I started meditating, I thought that's what you had to do: stop thinking, control the thoughts, stop it. Hmm. But you can't. It's it's impossible. You can't do that. And meditation isn't about stopping it. It's about letting it happen, but not be distracted by it. So think of whatever you want, and it's it's really annoying sometimes because I'll think of something like I got to do something today. And I haven't written it down. I think I might forget this, mm -hmm. but don't be distracted. Either go, you forget it, you forget it. What's going to happen? That's the end of the world. Exactly. I mean, maybe that time, maybe that time you had two kids. What? <laughs> yeah. Where's your one gone? I think the I think the worst thing I've done <laughs> is uh, I forgot my I forgot that it was my friend's wedding, and I was supposed to. Oh, go okay. <laughs> And I just totally like, you know, you get a card and I didn't write anything down or anything. And I was like, oh, okay, that's not for months. Yeah, it's not worried about that. I put it up on the you know, put it up on the side on the on the, you know, 
bounce a piece or whatever. So like, I would remember, completely didn't remember. And then I got like a phone call on the day saying, you're running late, mate. Are you coming or what? And I was like, you, you, like, you like bringing the ring or what? <laughs> no, it I was like, luckily it wasn't important. And it was located somewhere that would take, it would have taken me three or four hours to get there. So I was like, I, I, I can't, literally can't do anything. Can't do anything. I, I'm the sort of person that would go, oh crap, I'm supposed to be somewhere, straight in the car, drop everything, go. But I couldn't even do that. I looked at the time, I went, that's not even possible. They'll be like, everyone will be going home by the time I get there. So right. that's why I don't remember things and don't write things down. But all right. All right. Yeah. So, so that's basically, that's that's why you're single. You've left her at the altar. You never turned up. <laughs> Wait, was it my wife? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so can you imagine if you were sitting down just, I don't know, five in the morning, 10 minutes, just chill up, that thought came in, it's like, I meant to be at a wedding in two hours, I forgot all about that, I haven't even got a suit, but that pops in, you got to try and say, all right, follow this that, through. That's, that's okay, that's okay, that thought has come in now, thank you, thank you brain for trying your best to disrupt me, but I'm not going to be distracted by it. I would be celebrating my brain at that point, going, thank you for remembering something at last. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what will happen. Maybe if you do do this, maybe that's where you'll find out that stuff will just have flooded in. It's like, have you done that? I forgot about that. Have you done this? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, fair point, fair point. <laughs> I'll try it. Well. I don't, that's right. I'll do that. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't try and stop thinking. It's not going to happen. Um, don't filter out noises either. You can't. It goes in. Um, but just learn, and the more you practice it, think of mindfulness as practicing to use your mind to not be distracted by things. Think of that way. It's, it kind of simplifies the practice where you're doing. Obviously, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. I did ten minutes in the morning, four days a week. So there are. The daily exercise can be 10, 20, or something like an hour. So if you want to sit an hour, go ahead. But I've never, I've never first me been able to muster more than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is, is enough, I think, for me. Um, but yeah, simply acknowledge the thoughts, the sensations, the noises, whatever it is. And um, even, you know, like it talks of people who could be in pain and you could have pain in your body while meditating. And acknowledge the fact the pain is there. You can't necessarily turn it off, so acknowledge it and be mindful. And then just try not to get distracted by it. Hard at first, but guess easier. So insight I've gained over the last year. Oh, one cool thing about the outputs I mentioned earlier. I haven't paid a single penny for it. There's a cool, very, actually very cool, extraordinary business model that Sam Harris operates that I think the app is $7.99 a month. But if you email him and ask, he'll give you an entire year for free. No questions. So I've had an entire year for free. Wow. Really cool business model. That's how much he believes that this, this will work for you. Basically, once you're in, you're in. So you're paying for next year? I kind of feel like I owe it to him, at least. So yeah, I probably will. 
But um, but yeah, I mean, it's really good. You just literally email them and they'll give you an entire year for free. So I, I can give you a free month now so you can play with it. And if you want to keep on going, you can email for a, for a full year. And they advertise this. It's not a secret hack. They, they advertise it. You want to try it, we'll give you a year. Oh. <clears throat> um, the idea there is that uh, you might not have the money. You might be, you, know, you might be someone who really needs this, but can't afford it. It's an expense in your life. So they're happy just to give it to you and go from there. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It becomes easier to filter distractions. However, that's probably the only benefit I would say I've received from doing this for the entire year. I got easier at filtering distractions internally. Distractions externally, I think I've been generally good at for like a natural way, but internal distractions have always sort of had me. Like when someone's speaking to me, perhaps a thought will pop in, or I kind of like, generally like you've got a cold problem and you wander away, go make a cup of tea or something, someone will speak to you. Your brain is not solving that problem. It doesn't mm. stop. Mm. And then you can also can't process what that person has said to you. They might ask something of you, which requires processing for that response too. Yeah. And I would, yeah, it's like, it's like, mm, sorry, yeah. bit busy. Like, <laughs> is deep, like in terms of like coding and stuff, is to go is to give me three problems. Like, go, we've got three issues. First one is, and then they'll spend that. My brain's gone. My brain's now solving the first problem. I can't even hear second, two, and three. I'm, I'm off. I'm like, no, you, don't, you want to give me yeah. one? Come back in a minute. Just... Right. I'm, I'm going to be back in about 20 minutes. All right. Book another yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's the benefit I had that I can, I can now go make a cup of tea. I can listen to conversations and. I'm not distracted. My brain is still doing what it was doing. If I'm solving a problem, I'm still solving that problem. So that's been quite, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's been a good power to get in a sense. That you're no longer distracted internally. So I think people who have external distractions, that's good for them too. Like noise, like yourself, that's an external distraction. This might help you with that. But if the, all you get from this is the internal stuff, that's pretty cool too. That's that's all I would say I've gained. But um, to go over the other benefits we mentioned earlier, improve well-being. I'm kind of the same, to be honest. Um, improve physical health. Maybe I'm not really sure. Um, as as I've said, I generally deal pretty well with stress, so I'm not really sure if it's helped increase my tolerance or anything because I've never really, I've never been at my my, my threshold where I've collapsed. Um, yeah, I've never been pushed to that point. I mean, you know, one day it'll happen and maybe I'll realize that meditation has given me like, I don't know, 5% extra tons. No idea. Um, improve mental health. Again, maybe. I, I, I have enjoyed meditating, as I mentioned. Um, but Perhaps that itself is is good for my mental health. That 10 minutes I take in the morning for just chilling and breathing, um, it's been good. But you know, I don't have a hectic life. I'm not someone who, you know, rushes out to work at 9 a.m. and then has a really busy day and then comes back at five and straight to bed type of deal. 
my life is pretty it's pretty low maintenance it's quite good uh so i am generally unaffected by a lot of things around me so i'm not really the best candidate for meditation as we sort of summed up earlier yeah so i can't really say if it's benefited me yeah. and i think the same might be true for yourself but i think you should give it a crack and i will I will because I've not. I, I mean, I like to try these things, and I've not done the waking up version of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's almost a shame that we, in some ways, that we don't because I think uh, it sounds like it might really benefit someone who is literally from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to sleep, just go 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 go. Um, someone like that would probably genuinely. Oh yeah. As a start yeah, for the day. Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's, there's examples where, like, Sam will ask you, think of a moment where you felt embarrassed. And again, probably because of my emotional unavailability, I find that quite difficult to think of a time I was embarrassed. I know I've been perceived as being embarrassing, but I never felt embarrassed. So I find it hard to, like, get into that mode. So those ones, they kind of, like, were lost on me. But I, can, I, was, I was thinking at the time, which I couldn't help thinking again, is people who have got those situations or think of a time when you were sad, think of a time when you've been depressed. I haven't really had those times. So I can't put myself in those modes. So I think people who have those type of things would be very beneficial. Yeah, cool. But that's all I have. So that's my personal take on what I've done with it. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah, and it's something I'm going to continue doing. And yeah, Sam, I'm going to pay you this year. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Craig. Uh, I think that by sounds it's time to end. So uh, remember to think, educate, and act. And uh, we will, of course, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.